What happens to our sin when we trust in Christ? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hear the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you explore the big story and big truths of Scripture. I'm Brian DeBozik, and with me is Aaron Armstrong. So, Aaron, today we're talking about a doctrine called imputation. Mm. Good dinner That's a table term that, uh, phrase yeah, right there. We say that just so you can impress your friends and your peers at church, talking about imputation. M- many people may have not have heard that term. That's okay. Um it's a technical term, mm-hmm. but it really describes what we kind of let off with. What happens to our sin? We're forgiven. Does it just disappear? Does it just, you know, what happens? So that's what we're going to be talking about. And this is an incredibly encouraging doctrine to me personally. I love what we're going to be looking at in this one. So let's just kind of dive in. Go ahead and, as usual, get us started by reading the essential doctrine. And then we'll kind of summarize it, see where this is in Scripture, talk about any warnings as we normally do. You got it. So this one is uh, this one is a lot of fun, uh, despite all of the, the great big words that we're going to be using. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, not only do I get to sound smart, at least reading this, and then I'll start talking with my own words, but, uh, <laughs> but hopefully it will be helpful for you. So imputation is this. When God pardoned sinners at the cross, our sins were imputed or transferred to Christ, who became sin on our behalf. Our sin was imputed to Christ, and Christ's righteousness was imputed to us. When God the Father looks at those who have trusted in Christ, he does not see their sins, but the righteousness of Christ as belonging to them. And so, if we had to summarize this doctrine, if we had to simplify this down to its essence, um, I think the best way to describe it really is um, is to borrow from the words of Martin Luther, the the, the 16th century reformer, uh, and and to describe it as the beautiful or, or wondrous or great exchange that Christ takes our sin and gives us his righteousness. That is is that in essence is the beauty of the gospel at work. It really is. And this is why I just love this. I I didn't learn about this exchange until later. Um, I was in college, I think, when I first became aware of this really important idea that I I always knew that Jesus took my sin, Mm -hmm. didn't know quite what happened with it, but didn't understand that I was credited with his righteousness. So this great exchange. And that's the, some of the verses we're going to be dealing with that both sides of it. So we're kind of expanding, not just from what happens to our sin, but also this righteousness that we've received, this forgiveness that we've received. So it's we're going to kind of look at it all together. Yeah. But I didn't understand this. And in my estimation, it's a game changer. Second Corinthians 5.21, which we're going to get to at the end of our list of verses. Once again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I'm getting ahead of ourselves, Um, I think is one of the most important passages for believers. I think it's one that we should have memorized. I think it's one that we should strive to really understand because it's that beautiful, it's that powerful, it's that important. Yeah. So let's kind of look at where do we see this? We'll we'll save that one for the last. Where else do we see these ideas of this exchange, Um, us, our sin being taken from us, Christ taking it on, 
forgiveness, grace, mercy in its place, and righteousness in its place. Yeah, well, there are there are quite a few few places, particularly in the New Testament, that we talk about this, or that we see ta- this being talked about. And um, just as a side note, I love the fact that we're talking about this about a week before Christmas, uh, yeah. because really, this is um, this is when you're listening to this. Christmas is about a week out, um, and this is this is really a gift from God. Imputation is God's gift to all of us uh, who believe in Christ. And so really we see this this explicitly called out this way, this this idea of um, this being the gift of grace and righteousness in Romans 5:17, which says, if by by the one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, how much more? will those who receive the overflow of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in the life or in life through the one man Jesus Christ that is imputation at work that we that our sin which is ours through the first man's sin through Adam's sin, which we see in Genesis chapter three, that the gospel is the reverse of that. That just as that we that sin is ours um, in part because of um, in part because of the first man's sin, compounded by our own choices to sin as well. That grace and righteousness are gifts to us through faith in Jesus. Yeah. That is incredible, and it's beautiful. Another place that we see this is in 1 Corinthians 1, 30 through 31. Um, and so we see we see this in this language um, and pay really, really close attention to, to this, this word, our, that shows up here. Uh, so starting in verse 30, it is from him that you are in Christ Jesus who became wisdom from God for us our righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, in order that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So this is this is that language, that righteousness, sanctification, redemption, that, that that is ours in Christ, that Christ is that for us. And again, that's that, that's that language of yeah. imputation. That's that transfer that's going on. Um, we see it again in uh, Romans 4, 6, that... that um, that we're that it says just as David also speaks of the blessing of the of the person to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. So righteousness is ours not because of anything we do, but because of Jesus. Yeah. And then finally, finally, Second Corinthians five twenty one, which is the classic hallmark verse on this. Um, yeah which and is the most explicit place that we see it in anywhere in scripture. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. That, that language of imputation permeates this entire verse and it, it permeates the whole gospel narrative and, and everything that happens there. Yeah, so Jesus takes our sin, he took it on, and he died for it. So mm-hmm. it doesn't just disappear. Um, and it's not just that when we're, we trust in Christ, our sin is removed, and it's kind of just hidden somewhere. Yeah. No, it's dead and gone and buried. Exactly. And in its place, we, are be, we have been credited with Jesus' righteousness. 
the great exchange, as Martin Luther called it. So, okay, so we've seen this in Scripture. Um, let's talk about any areas of caution or anything that you just kind of want to note as we seek to better understand this doctrine. Um, and I'll start with the first one or two. The, the first one is this is only true of genuine believers. And I mean genuine there uh, because, you know, we have many people who um, maybe are cultural Christians, but they have not trusted in Christ. They're not regenerate. Uh, and and so we, when we speak of true believers or genuine believers, that's what is in mind here. That So anybody who has trusted in Christ, this is true of them. But anyone who is not, even if they are cultural Christians, they may have the outward appearances of mm -hmm. faith. If they really lack it, this is not true of them, of course. The, the other uh, big note I want to just kind of make sure we, we understand is that this is true in its entirety. And so the word all is important here. Mm -hmm. All of our sin is taken by Christ. If we trusted in him, that first caveat I just mentioned, all of our sin is taken. Not, not just most of it, all of it. There's no sin left. That includes past, present, and future. That includes big and small. If we've trusted in Christ, we positionally are forgiven. All of our sin is accounted for. And at the same time, all of Christ's righteousness has, righteousness has been credited to us. Uh, this is why Jesus lived 30 or so years of perfect obedience, because he was living that not only to affirm who he is, his identity, but he did it so that we could understand that life of perfect obedience has been credited to us. Um, and so when we think of being righteous, we think of being fully righteous because of Christ. When we think about being forgiven, we are fully forgiven. So all is really important. Now, this is positionally. Sometimes it doesn't feel like this. Sometimes we experience we still sin and so forth. But this is where we have to remember, this is what is true of us. This is what God declares to be true of us. Mm -hmm. This is how he sees us. So when we do sin, it's a matter of us realizing we're not living as we truly are, and we repent of that. We cling to being fully forgiven. We cling to being fully righteous in Christ. And we say, I want to live as I truly am now. And that helps us turn from sin and turn back toward God. Yeah. Yeah. In, in light of that, too, it also is... Um, a reminder for us that that we that just because our sin is gone and taken from us that that Christ ha has removed it and replaced it with his righteousness we don't have it doesn't give us the the right or the excuse to live in any way that we please um, and there are two things that there are two things that that should be concerning to us if we are that if we are seeing that at all in in our own in our own lives and and honestly in the people that we that we know and love that are in our own community with um one of those things is is the is the failure to to truly understand the grace of god um yeah. we may not like if we think that that imputation is a free pass and that God doesn't care about what we do, we're missing the point. We're missing the point of the gospel. And so Romans 6, 1 to 2 really speaks to this when, he, when Paul writes, what should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? And so there's, there's a corrective element 
that that scripture has to this kind of thinking already baked in, which is again, the, this is the wisdom of God at work. Um, but the but the other side of it too is is that if we are persistent in this way, what it what it can tell us is is that perhaps we are not that genuine that genuine believer that that um, either we or others thought we were. And so the, our answer there is um, is to repent and believe the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Let's uh, let's kind of move on then to what difference this doctrine should make. Um, I think the first one, in light of what we've been talking about, is is gratitude, joy, and humility because of what God has done in Christ and through Christ. I, you know, you talk about you know how we live, um, and and it's really it needs to be tethered to that. It needs to be an overflow of joy. We don't live however we want because we're forgiven, as you were talking about. The response should be, why would I want to live any other way? God has been so good to me to, to think that I'm fully forgiven, to think that he has, you know, credited to my account Christ's righteousness, nothing that I've done. That should fill us with such gratitude and joy and humility that we should want to live in obedience. A desire should be the true desire of our hearts. So, I think this is a good, this is one of those good um, ways that we can gauge where we are spiritually. Uh, sometimes it may be somebody wondering to know, am I really a believer or not? And I, if this exists on some level, mm-hmm. if, there's, um, if there's some level within you that you are grateful for what God has done, that's a good marker, of course. And then as we're growing in our faith, if, if the question is, no, I, I don't doubt if I'm saved at all. It's just I'm frustrated with where I am. I think this is really helpful to, to use this as a barometer. You know, God, help me develop a deeper gratitude, a deeper joy, a deeper humility, because how we live differently will come from this. Where our heart is, our actions will follow. So this is so important. And again, this is why I think 2 Corinthians 5.21 is so important that we get that into our minds, we get into our hearts, and from that comes this gratitude, joy, and humility. And then from that comes living differently, living in obedience. Yeah. And just to stay in that vein for a, for a second, you know, even, even in using the language of living however we want, um, I appreciated the way that you, um, that you expressed this, this, well, how could we live any, any other way? How would we want to? That kind of thing, because really, when you think about it, if we're, if we are new people, different people, changed people, then the then there's a sense in which actually yes we can live the way that we want to because yeah. the way that we want to live is different that's yep very true <laughs> and so uh so so let's correct let's let's do a gentle correction on ourselves even with that's that good call <laughs> you know um but that's that com that's that common language that 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 we yeah. that we all use so often but but let's let's correct ourselves in that so uh, the last thing that I would say, though, is is that um, this doctrine, this 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 idea of imputation, this leads to great confidence, um, along with joy and gratitude and humility. And this confidence is um, is really in who we are as God's people. That we are, you know, as we as we talked about just this past this past week with adoption, that we 
are beloved children of God. And so we have confidence in what God has done. We have confidence that we are accepted as his children, period. And that we are confident that we are loved as his children, period, because of how God sees us and what God has done to make us these things. That's a good word. That was a good course correction, Aaron. And uh, it's a good word to end on. So let's just wrap it up there. Uh, I do want to thank you for listening to today's episode of this podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.